Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Welcome to the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. And this is where we look at why what's on the charts is on the charts. And uh, we're kicking off a special four-part feature over the next four weeks. We're going to be celebrating the Billboard Hot 100's 60-year history. As uh, the Hot 100 started August 4th, 1958. So uh, online, we're counting down the charts. Top 600 songs. We've never done that before. We've done 100 before, Trevor. But we're going 600 songs deep. The 600 biggest songs, that's out of 27,000 songs, uh, more than that, that have ever hit the Hot 100. So you're talking the absolute biggest of the biggest hits ever. And that's out of 7,500 artists that have ever hit the Hot 100. So you look at those percentages. These are just uh, absolutely the biggest hits. All right. So uh, both of those available right now on Billboard.com if you want to get ahead. Uh, If you don't and you want to count through with us, stay tuned. We'll be doing that coming up forward and also if you are a satellite radio fan you can also check out on Sirius XM through this Sunday which is going to be August 5th a chronological ride through the number ones from the very first one back in 1958 that is going to be Ricky Nelson's Poor Little Fool which goes a little like this I used to play around with parts hasten at my call but when I met that little girl and we're going to fast forward all the way to the current number one once again drake's in my feelings which uh if somehow you forgot what that sounds like even though it's been all over the internet for the past couple of weeks uh this is how it goes kiki do you love me are you riding say you never ever leave from beside me all right, so over the next four weeks, we're going to count down the top 100 songs all time on the Billboard Hot 100, 25 at a time for each episode. Uh, we'll give some background about some of these uh, elite hits. Uh, again, the top 100 
among over 27,000 songs ever to hit the Hot 100. Uh, you know, there have been 1,077 number ones. That was uh, Drake's In My Feelings, number 1,077. So, again, these are uh, the top 100 songs out of just even the number ones. And we're going to hear some songs that didn't even hit number one, some number twos uh, coming up. So, again, to be in this uh, group of the top 100 just shows how absolutely historic uh, these hits are uh, coming up. Uh, so, uh, first, I just want to start with, with one thing. In, in doing research uh, for all the the uh, the chart and editorial recaps we've been doing for this feature, I spoke to Steve Resnick, who does advertising uh, for industry newsletter RAMP, stands for Radio and Music Pros. Uh, he's a Hot 100 historian. He has an 18-room museum in his house in Los Angeles. I haven't been there, but... Okay, stop, stop. Yeah. 18-room museum. Yeah. What's well, his house? His house slash museum. Is a camp. I mean... I don't know if if, if uh, I mean, I don't like know what's Tom Cruise doesn't have an eighteen room house. Yeah, I, he's uh, amassed all this uh, memorabilia over the years. So I, I really want to go out and see it at some point. But uh, yeah, uh, so Steve knew Tom Noonan uh, really well, and you know Seymour Stein really well, and those two guys, along with Paul Ackerman of Billboard. They all started the Hot 100 back in 1958. So we're going back 60 years. Just wanted to uh, talk about how the chart started for a moment 60 years ago. Uh, here's a couple quick clips from Steve. Uh, we talked uh, the other day about the beginning of the Hot 100. Uh, one of the things we talked about, because Steve, again, he knows uh, Seymour Stein well. He knew Tom Noonan well. Uh, wanted to find out who actually started the Hot 100 in the late 50s. Uh, both the idea and the name. Was it was it Seymour? Was it Tom Noonan? Who, who was it? Uh, here's what Steve said. All the times I've been with Seymour, talking about old times, and all the times even more that I spent with Tom, their stories about the Hot 100 couldn't be any different. Only in one respect, and that is each of them take full credit. (laughs) Tom had nothing to do with it. I gave him the idea of the Hot 100 in the summer of 57. And Tom said, I I mentioned to Seymour and he thought it was a good idea, but it was all my idea. Seymour, it wasn't Seymour's idea, you know. And so they, they never gotten any heat over it. They just, you know, kidded around, but they right. each are adamant that they invented it. So I have no clue who really, you know, came up with it. But one of those two came up with it. All right. So it's a mystery. I, I actually spoke to Seymour Stein a couple of years ago, too, and he, he said the same thing. Can't remember who came up with the name Hot 100. So it's kind of funny. 60 years later, it's it's such a an iconic uh, part of Americana at this point, And nobody seems to know where the name came from. All right. Uh, also, why do we care so much about the Hot 100? Uh, it's not just a chart. It's not just a listing of songs every week. It's, it really is more than that. It's a reflection of pop culture uh, overall, not even just music, uh, over the years. Here's what Steve said about that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I give tours in my collection now, uh, all 18 rooms, some rooms are one minute, like with the monkeys, you know, it's nothing, nothing against the monkeys. It's fun, but one minute you see it. But then the Elvis room, everybody spends 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Know? Uh, every room is different, but I always tell people it's not just a history of music, not just a history of Elvis. It's a history of the entire world and what was going on at a certain time. People want to know what was number one when the moon landing was. What was yeah, number exactly. one, you know, right, right before John Lennon died? It sort of becomes this diary and this marker of what was going on in both U.S. and world history. And not many things tell that story better than music because it's so much a part of our emotions. So it makes total sense. It doesn't matter whether it was uh, when they were wearing bell bottoms or, um, you know, or when this kind of a, when the Etzel came out, there was a song out at the exact same time that all those things happened. And we know that you all are fans of the Hot 100 because you tune into this podcast every week. So let's go ahead and get started with the main attraction, which is going to be the beginning of the countdown 
of the top 100 songs on the Hot 100 all time. Remember, we're going through the first 25 today. We'll be back uh, with the next 25 next week and so on until we finish uh, four weeks, one solid month of countdowns. Yeah, let's get right into it. Right now, the top 100 will start with numbers 100 through 96. Let's get started. Number 100. You guys just heard the song Waiting for a Girl Like You by our friends Foreigner. As we mentioned at the top of the show, not all of these songs, number one hits, though, of course, many of them are. But Foreigner proven you don't have to be number one to make the list. Uh, The song actually, uh, I guess rather unfortunately, number two for 10 weeks back in 1981 that uh, still 10 weeks is the most any song has had to wait in the runner-up spot and not get to number one uh fans of missy elliott of course will lament that that also happened to her with the song work it stuck behind eminem is lose yourself in 2002 so um of course with 10 weeks of number two that kind of gives it some more juice over some other number ones to make the cut 99 we had family affair by mary j blige um kind of talking in the vein of number twos this song interesting to me because uh, Mary J. Blige had been out for about 10 years almost yeah. by the time Family Affair came around. Uh, and in that span, she'd had three top 10s already on the Hot 100 in her heyday, really, in the, the mid-90s. And in particular, um, of course, fans of Mary will know that Not Gonna Cry from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, a number two hit at the top of 1996. That's one of those things where I feel like Obviously, I'm not an an artist who's hit number two on the Hot 100, but it feels like, you know, maybe if you get that number two, you start to wonder, eh, can I ever, re- you know, c- am I going to get that number one? I've been so close. Will this happen? And of course, the returns for Mary started, you know, slipping. She had not been back in the top 10 uh, since Not Gonna Cry about five years before Family Affair came out, though she had still been putting out music. The returns not as big. So it makes you kind of wonder. 
So that's why I like the story in particular because then almost 10 years into a career, this huge record, Dr. Dre produced, everyone knows it. Interestingly enough, you may not know it from the title because the words family affair are actually not in the lyrics. So you, you, you can't hear Mary singing family affair because she doesn't sing family affair. Right. But uh, also kind of funny that in one of those cases uh, uh, as well where a song hits number one without the title and the song lyrics. And that kind of, I guess, became a thing in particular around the 2001-2002 era. We're going to see another song coming up in the same chunk of the countdown that has that same situation coming up a little later. Also another massive hit where you never hear that title in the song. All right, uh, right about Mary at number 98. You guys heard I Swear by All for One, another double-digit number one on the Hot 100 back in 1994. Uh, right above that, the very famous cover of Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, originally, of course, written by Prince. Um, that song, as done by Sinead, went to number one for four weeks in 1990. And right above that, coming in at number 96 on the all-time list of Hot 100 Hits, all night long, the uh, everyone's favorite little Caribbean jam by our friend Lionel Richie, uh, which also was a number one smash back in 1983. Your buddy, uh, Lionel Richie, who uh, you talked to a couple years ago, Trevor. We're actually going to play a clip of that interview coming up, and Lionel has actually multiple songs in the top 100. And not only as an artist. All right, so already we have some uh, some pretty famous songs. What could be coming up next? We've got numbers 95 through 91 of the top Hot 100 hits of all time coming your way. Oh, man. 
Alright, going uh, a little 70s heavy in uh, that group of uh, five songs. Remember, 95 to 91, the biggest Hot 100 hits of all time. The top 100, we're counting them down. Uh, back at number 95, My Sharona by The Knack, number one hit in 1979. Uh, more Lionel Richie, we heard him back at number 96 with All Night Long, All Night, Say You Say Me, the softer side of Lionel Richie. And again, he's uh, got more songs coming up in the countdown. We'll hear from him uh, coming up. But uh, that was number one in uh, 1985, 1986. Uh, Wild Cherry back in the 70s again, 1976, number one for Play That Funky Music. Carly Simon, You're So Vain, 1973, number one hit. Want to hear my, my brush with fame with Carly Simon? Uh, I, I'll answer for the listeners that will say, of course. Uh I was interning at uh, Mix uh, 95 in Boston in 1994, 1995. Uh, she called to speak to the music director. I said, oh, who's who's calling? She said, it's Carly Simon. I was kind of amazed by that. I, my big conversation was, I said, oh, okay, something like that. And we didn't really talk, but I thought it was kind of cool that she was on the phone. I guess I've talked to her. Not really. I didn't really say anything to her. So that's the brush? That's That's the story. I like it. It was worth it. <laughs> like I thought I mean not not even physical just just verbal nice number 91 Ed Sheeran perfect this is actually the newest song on the countdown it's the only song in the top 100 that was number one here in 2018 so I uh, got to number one at the end of uh, 2017 and uh, interesting uh, uh, billing the way this worked out is uh, the remix with Beyonce came out uh, after the song was already on the charts. So it was released as a solo song by Ed on uh, his latest album divide. And then uh, the remix with Beyonce came out and that helped uh, shoot it right to number one. So for six weeks, uh, it was number one. Beyonce was credited on five of those weeks. Uh, uh, the remix really contributed to uh, the song's overall activity for those first five weeks. And then uh, just kind of faded. And the, uh, the Ed uh, version was getting more consumption overall. So that's uh, kind of the, the ins and outs of how that worked. But uh, yeah, the, the newest, uh, the most recent number one here on the top 100 uh if you remember trevor earlier this year we had uh, ed sheeran's brother matt he came in was on the podcast we thought it'd be really fun to get the perspective of uh, uh from matt from his brother of how uh, ed sheeran's life has changed uh, how how their lives have changed and uh, matt as well with his own music career so we uh, really had a fun chat earlier this year with matt sheeran uh, ed sheeran's brother and uh, told a funny story how we talked about perfect and we were saying, you know, the song's become so huge. It, it had been number one, uh, and Ed played the song from uh, one of the first people to hear it ever. And Matt gave his reaction to whether he thought Perfect would be a huge hit at the time when he first heard it. I'm not listening to it at the moment. I'm trying to take some time out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a song, I think for a lot of people, um, when we hear it, you know, in, in the past couple months on the radio, how long have you been sitting with this song in, in terms of your idea? Or like, is this something that, you know, you've been playing with for three years and now a- we're April 2016, and the song was written in August uh, 2015. So it's been around for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's been all... Yeah, I know. We're just Tell catching me about up, it. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you first hear it? Did Ed just play it for you one day? Yeah we were in the car and he was playing me all the new songs of the album many of which aren't on there um and yeah no the perfect was the least uh sort of produced one it was very sort of um sort of out of tune guitar like um a very rough recording and all the other ones were more sort of produced and stuff as a didn't really sort of take any notice of it to be honest and then really then he came back later he's like oh do you remember that song perfect and i was like yeah and actually i didn't remember it <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah <laughs> So 
he was all excited about it because it was it was different. It was the ballad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. He 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 had a vision in his head which no one else could hear. So yeah. Uh, was there a song that he did play in in that drive that uh, stood out to you? I, I really like Dive. Um, it's a shame that wasn't a single. I think that that's probably my favorite on the album. Well, it's still uh, time, yeah. Yeah, no, there was one called, what was it called? Uh, what Do I Know? I watched that. I watched him writing that, and that, that was, I really like that one. That's that's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, no, it's a cool album. Yeah. Does he uh, does he run music by you a lot? Is that a typical? Thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's so much that's never been released. <laughs> are you, as brothers, are you uh, totally honest in your, uh, you, oh, yeah. you criticize them maybe way well, more than would, right? Well, you've got to, like, I remember a, like when he first started out, there was one song he played me, and I told him I didn't like it, and he said he'd never play, played it again. And I was like, oh. okay, I like, I don't know if that was some lost masterpiece or something, because, uh, so yeah, like, um, I think you can say you don't like, or something's not your cup of tea, and that doesn't mean it's bad. And I think people need to do that more, say, rather than I, I think this person's terrible, rather that's not my cup of tea, but for that genre, it's good. And uh, but I don't understand why. Um, if that makes sense, um, generally like your stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Matt was wrong. It turned out to be a, a huge hit for Ed Sheeran, but uh, probably happy to be wrong. That's, that's something you want to be wrong about. So uh, it became Ed Sheeran's second number one after Shape of You, which uh, spoiler alert is coming up uh, later in the countdown. So Ed Sheeran's two number ones uh, so far, both in the top 100. Perfect. And uh, later on, Shape of You coming up. All right, let's uh, keep moving on in our countdown of the 100 biggest hits in the Hot 100 60-year history. We're up now to number 90. Coming in at number 90, we got Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band, uh, which was a number one hit back in 
82. Uh, right above that, we've got proof that a Stevie Wonder song never goes out of style. You guys heard Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio featuring LV, which was a number one hit back in uh, the fall of 1995. Reworking of Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise um, from almost 20 years earlier. So, again, I think that's something people may not even realize that it's that they think it's an original because it obviously has the rap verses, but that hook is a total reworking. Stevie Wonder credited as a writer on that song. And just one of those things where, you know, a timeless artist, timeless melody can be recycled into any new hit. Yeah. At this point, we're only 12 songs into the countdown so far. And there's been a few songs we've seen that now have multiple versions. And yeah, that's proving your point, Trevor, that uh, great songs always seem to come back around. Uh, I swear all for one was also a country number one hit for John Michael Montgomery. Uh, Prince is, uh, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Both in the 90s and more recently, uh, gotten some uh, buzz for his version. He wrote, uh, nothing compares to you, for Sinead O'Connor. Vanilla Ice uh, remade, play that funky music. And uh, Hey, don't forget, All Night Long has that iconic you know, chorus and put that in I Like It. Right. Enrique Iglesias, Pitbull in 2010. So it makes sense. Uh, you take something that's familiar, and if it's that good, people will uh, always gravitate towards another version of it. And coming in at number 88, uh, as Gary mentioned, Ed Sheeran's Perfect, the most recent chart topper to make the list. Uh, how about we go one right before that? We have the second recent most number one on this list. That is uh, Post Malone's Rockstar featuring 21 Savage, uh, which was a number one for eight weeks back in 2017. All right, number 87, we got Hot Stuff by Donna Summer, a number one hit in the summer of 1979. Uh, this song, actually, Gary, do you know who originally, when she had this song and her label president at the time, Neil Bogart, do you know who they suggested that she pass this song on to? This is a uh, common courtesy of our friend Fred Bronson in his Billboard book of number one hits. Great read. Yeah, which I've read, but I don't remember. Uh, I would be surprised if you remembered of all those entries. Uh, he said that she should pass this song on to Cher. So uh, very well could have been Cher singing hot stuff. But uh, Donna Summer, known really for disco records at the time, wanted to branch out, cover a few more genres. Hot stuff kind of has that more rock base to it. And uh, believe it or not, actually won Donna Summer the Grammy for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. So I think at a time in the 70s in particular, people are thinking of sort of the heyday of rock music. You would not think of Hot Stuff as 
something that would be in the rock Grammy category and not only even in the category, but to win. So, um, huge first there. First African-American woman to win a rock Grammy vocal. And, uh, yeah, you know, Cher never really had a, a huge disco hit. So maybe, uh, in, in her entire career of, of uh, so many uh, honors she's had, one thing maybe she missed was, uh, hot stuff being a big disco hit for, you have to wait, uh, big dance hit for believe a little bit later and wrapping things up in this group of five of course the iconic billy jean michael jackson number one for seven weeks back in 1983 uh, it, you almost really can't even say anything about this song because it's just so legendary so iconic everything from the moonwalk to biggest hit to just i mean it's just billy jean that's all you need to say what else can you really say about Billie Jean? Yeah, and that's what kind of uh, brings into this countdown, too, that, again, it's based on chart performance. So, uh, you know, a lot of people might think, well, that's that's one of the most iconic songs of all time. How could there be 85 songs above it? But that's that's just kind of what happens. So over the years, uh, songs have their chart run. But then after that, it's how their legacy plays out long after. Here is number 85 through 81 of the top Hot 100 hits of all time. Check them out. Five through eighty-one in the Billboard Hot 100's top all-time 100 biggest hits. Uh, back in number eighty-five again, a uh, song. Uh, there aren't that many in this uh, top 100, but this is one of them. Uh, not a number one song. Number two hit for Shania Twain, her biggest uh, hit on the Hot 100. It got to number two in 1998 from her Come On Over album. Uh, big era for uh, female uh, country stars crossing over. Uh, Faith Hill had a bunch of hits uh, at that time. Uh, Leanne Rhymes is coming up later in the countdown with How Do I Live. Uh, number 84 uh, we're talking about billy jean before one of those just feels like a song that everybody knows total uh, pop culture immersion marvin gay i heard it through the grapevine number one hit uh, 50 years ago 1968 number 83 moving much uh, more forward 2002 number one nelly featuring kelly Rowland. dilemma All right as we kind of talked about a little bit earlier with family affair by mary j blige funny again if you hear the song dilemma you will never hear nelly or kelly Rowland. 
say the word dilemma. So just one of those. I guess in that late oh one oh two, that was that was the thing to do. Not put your song title in the lyrics. Also, foolish by Ashanti in the same era. Yeah, shouldn't say the word foolish anywhere. So, uh, you know, I think I think a marketer would be kind of you know screaming like, "Hey, that's the easiest way to market your song is put you know give people the hook in the title." But hey, still worked out. They still made it to number one. Still on this all time list. So, uh, guess it's cool. There's one song that, that makes me think of that. It, it missed uh, being in that group uh, because of the last three words of the song. George Michael, one more try. goes the entire uh, sort of five minutes. Never says one more try. It's the last lyric of the song. He finally says it. He, yeah. He, it's, a, it's a nice little coda where you think, yeah. you're like, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. All right. Number 82, Just the Way You Are, Bruno Mars. Uh, well, actually, we'll go a little bit more in depth on that in just a second. But uh, number 81, Sugar, Sugar, above that. The Archies, uh, number one hit in 1969. So uh, animated uh, group, a TV show. Uh, you know, TV and music have really been uh, intertwined over the years on the Hot 100. Some of the biggest acts actually have been uh, TV uh, acts. Uh, bad number one hits, the, the Heights in 1992, uh, one of my favorite songs. How Do You Talk to an Angel? It's a number one hit. Uh, and you know, people are always uh, maybe surprised if they don't know uh, the chart history. The act with the all-time most Hot 100 entries is the cast of Glee. Just in those few years when the show was so big, uh, 207 uh, all-time Hot 100 entries, which actually is now uh, under siege. Yep. Uh, Drake is up to 187. So uh, maybe even by the time Drake drops his next album, uh, the record might even be broken. But with his next one, it feels like it could happen. So, uh, yeah, another another record uh, on the way, it seems, for Drake. So, yes, this turned into somehow a conversation about Drake, even though Drake was nowhere to be seen yeah, in this it's, section. It's, it's 2018. So Drake's going to come up. Uh, but uh, going back to number 82, uh, Bruno Mars. So that was his uh, breakthrough hit on his own uh, after, uh, in earlier 2010, got his first number one on B.O.B.'s Nothing On You. And uh, then as his own uh, lead artist, he was uh, off and running with uh, Just The Way You Are and then Grenade. And uh, here we are in 2018, and he uh, hasn't stopped at all. Maybe hitting new heights in the last year with uh, 24 Karat Magic, Grammy Awards, a little bit before that, uh, Uptown Funk kind of. Uh, put him a little bit more in that R&B direction. And obviously that song's uh, coming up here in the top 100. But uh, we had uh, John McMahon on from Atlantic Records. We've had him on uh, multiple times here on the podcast uh, over the last year or so. Uh, John uh, does promotion for a pop and rhythmic radio for Atlantic. And uh, good time to be in Atlantic promoting uh, Bruno Mars uh, in the last couple of years for all the hits he's been having. Here's how uh, John looked back at uh, the success Bruno Mars has had. You know, Bruno's had an incredible career at being, you know, influenced by some of the legends and an incredible, you know, ways that R&B and rock and roll and pop music have weaved their way through, um, you know, chart history. And, you know, I remember hearing him in an interview, I think it was on 60 Minutes, when he said, you know, people were like, hey, you, you know, you, hey, that sounds um, like it's from that song. It sounds like uh, Michael or James Brown's influence in that. And on 60 Minutes, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, uh, yeah, it kind of does. It comes from James Brown. It comes from Michael Jackson. Uh-huh, it comes from Prince. Yes, thank you. That's what it's supposed to sound like, you know, because those are probably the three biggest influences he has said in his career. So... You know, emulating something from the past and having it um, influence your your style of songwriting and your style of production is, I guess, you know, a form of homage to some of the great music that Bruno grew up with. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean the guy the guy has had an, an unbelievable year. 2017, obviously started in, oh, in late 16, you know, with 24 Karat Magic single launching, and then the album, and then you know all the awards and accolades he's gotten this year um, that are just unreal. You know, radio dominating. Num- you know, that's what I like was number two most played song of the year. You know, at pop and at rhythm and on the overall. You know. Just every everywhere. I mean, every format played him. It was one of the few songs and art artists of the year that you know just was pop and rhythm and hot AC and urban AC and AC. I mean, just really from from A to Z had fans at every format and every walk of life. So uh, yeah, uh, almost a decade into uh, Bruno Mars' career, maybe maybe bigger uh, than he's ever been. And that's, that's really saying something for how uh, huge he started back in 2010 with uh, just the way you are. So uh, uh, still a year left in, in the decade. Maybe, maybe Bruno has a new album coming out uh, just in time for 2019. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, one of the biggest stars, obviously of the 2010s and uh, just the way you are number 82 all time on the billboard Hot 100. Let's uh, do five more songs this week as we count down the top 100 songs of all time. The Hot 100s, First 60 years, here's 80 to 76. Wrapping up the first quarter of the top 100, hot 100 hits of all time. Uh, there at number 80, you guys heard Diana Ross, Upside Down, a big hit for her in 1980, going all the way to number one. One of her last releases on Motown, uh, after nearly 15 years of success with the company, of course, she was one third of the Supremes back in the 1960s. They got 12 number one hits. 
Diana struck out solo in 1970, and just in her solo tenure, got six number ones, including Upside Down. Song, of course, helmed by Chic Masterminds, Niall Rogers, and Bernard Edwards. And Gary, I didn't know this, even though, um, you know, they all, they all kind of got together, hottest producers of the time, huge superstar Diana Ross, really did not uh, have the same vision for these records. Did you know they were, that Diana Ross actually, uh, a lot of these tracks and remixed them because she didn't like the vocals, the way they're produced. She sounded too far in the back. She brought herself up more attention with that. It sounds like on paper, maybe like a great collaboration. Oh yeah, get the hottest producers with this superstar act. Let's, we're going to update her sound, update her personality a little more, a little, little rougher around around the uh, the studio than, than people would have thought. Uh, also another number one, of course, number 79, the song Happy by Pharrell Williams, 10 weeks at the top in 2014. Uh, and as Gary mentioned sort of in the last segment of five, how TV and music are intertwined. Um, movies, of course, also very much playing a role in that. Happy featured in Despicable Me 2, which was, of course, a major hit that year as well. So that really gave the song uh, added prominence. And kind of the nice thing about that that may have helped out both songs is, of course, you have kids sing the movie, but also their parents and adults. So it's really you get two generations for the price of one, which may have been a reason that song became such a big hit that spring. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of music overall, too. There are songs that uh, your parents liked it, you liked it. It uh, brings that, that bond. It's, it's a way that people connect. So just to, to get really uh, 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 cheesy about how music uh, connects people, why we care so much about these songs, that's uh, it's kind of a key uh, point. It's something that really, uh, at its best, brings people together. And number 78, uh, one spot above that, we've got That's What Friends Are For. Uh, it's done by Dion and Friends. Number one hit in 1986, actually the top song of 1986. And I think this is one of those songs that that is great because as much as people get into facts and figures and races between artists and record labels and companies, every once in a while we get a nice charity song, just a great initiative that I think everybody can root for. And this song in particular, one of the great examples, um, the friends on the record are Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, and Elton John, who all came together and... Again, shout out to Fred Bronson's Billboard Book of Number One Hits. Um, somehow, Elizabeth Taylor was ended up in the studio. And of course, Elizabeth Taylor, especially in the late 1980s, had really started to become a very big advocate for uh, HIV and AIDS awareness and research. And Carol Bayer Sager, uh, one of the co-writers of the song, who was a, a friend of Taylor's, got the idea to get the proceeds from this song donated to the American Foundation for AIDS Research. So um, just really about nine months after We Are the World had done such a great thing for hunger relief in Africa, we also have another charity song at the top of the charts uh, raising money and awareness for the AIDS epidemic that was really, of course, ravaging the country in the 1980s. All right, just above Dion and her friends at number 77, we got Paula Abdul, the song Rush Rush, number one, five weeks in 1991. Uh, Hot 100 fun fact, some of the uh, big chart watchers will know. By spending five weeks at number one in 1991, it became the first song to actually get five weeks since Like a Virgin by Madonna in 1984 to 85. Right. So um, in over five years, no song had ever been able to link five weeks atop the chart, so... So some quick turnover rates in the mid and late 80s. But uh, Paula stopped that streak. And of course, how, how better to do it with a ballad? Something that I think a lot of people did not 
really think Paul Abdul had in her. Remember my uh, Carly Simon brush with fame story? Let's go. How did you meet Paula? No, when I was interning again at Mix uh, Radio in Boston, uh, when I spoke to Carly Simon on the phone, it was either right before or after, uh, Paula Abdul came in. And uh, I, I met her and uh, seemed very, seemed actually kind of serious. I maybe, you know, thought maybe, maybe she'd be a little, little goofier, kind of based on some of uh, some, you know, the, the, the video, the opposites of track, kind of fun. But she seemed very, uh, yeah, it was a little more uh, low key than I might have expected, but very, very friendly. Uh, but, you know, kind of an interesting point in her career. This was, uh, I think it was 1995 when she had her first album out uh, since 1991. Uh, there, there was a top 40 hit. It wasn't that big a hit. My Love is for Real, uh, Crazy Cool. So it was a follow up, a few singles from it. But, uh, you know, she was nowhere at that point. Music had obviously changed since 1991 to 1995. Uh, grunge and, and hip-hop had become so big since then. So uh, it's kind of an interesting point to have met her in her career, where she was you know, one of the biggest things in the late 80s, early 90s, and then obviously had this whole resurgence uh, in the 2000s, uh, just a few years later when American Idol would come along, but kind of met her in that point where uh, you know, she wasn't as in demand. And uh, you can uh, trace that with a lot of uh, people on this list. Uh, careers have ebbs and flows. And uh, just because you were huge once doesn't mean you're going to stay there, but also means uh, maybe you can come back at some point. And she's a pretty good example that uh, success can always come around. You never know. Is that a better story? <laughs> yeah. Slightly better. Uh, yeah. Well, we met her in person, so yeah. so we are improving. At some point, I'll get to it. I actually had a, a real conversation with someone. No, that's coming up. You can stay tuned for these next three episodes. You we're going to track not only the Hot One Hundreds progression, but Gary's progression of meeting celebrities. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we'll wrap things up uh, pretty appropriately, I think, with the first introduction on this list of Paul McCartney, of course, one of the biggest icons in music. Of all time, uh, and his duet with Stevie Wonder, number 76, Ebony and Ivory. So um, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, you get your own version of uh, Paul and Stevie every week. We're just as good, just as talented, just as successful. No questions asked. Uh, probably appropriate that we end, of course, with McCartney, who will feature on this list several times in several iterations. Here we have, of course, an example of some of his all-star duets. Uh, we'll have, yes, a song with Michael Jackson coming up later down the list. He'll also make the list uh, through his solo Paul McCartney work, his work with Wings, and of course, as one-fourth of the Fab Four, that would be the Beatles. So so maybe it's only fitting that we bring this first chapter of our top 100 countdown to a close with maybe the most prolific artist, really, of the rock and roll era. Yeah, and uh, Stevie Wonder, really all over this first uh, 25 songs here. We heard him uh, sampled uh, through uh, Gangsta's Paradise and uh, back on That's What Friends Are For. So uh, really no surprise. We're going to talk about the all-time biggest hits that uh, both Paul McCartney, but uh, Stevie Wonder, too, would, would be a big part of that. Yeah, and we will certainly see them again. And next week, we, of course, will keep counting down. We'll go from 75 all the way to 51. Plenty of more all-star names and all-star hits coming your way. Brandy and Monica coming up next week uh, in the next uh, batch of songs. Megan Trainer, Lord, the Monkeys, Kesha, Bee Gees, Blondie, Boys to Men, and I think an artist you like, Trevor. Whitney Houston's coming up next week, too. So be sure to tune in next week for week number two of our countdown of the top 100 hits on the Hot 100 of all time. As we mentioned, if you want to go to Billboard.com, you can see the full list. If you want to cheat and get ahead, you can find out the uh, 75 to 1 there as well. Also, don't forget, of course, the top 100 artists of all time 
and uh, lots of other uh, stuff too as part of this whole feature uh stories about uh, different hits different artists over the years uh that's all on billboard.com as well Again, on SiriusXM, if you're listening to that as well, uh, Billboard's own Hot 100 channel for a few days through uh, Sunday, August 5th, uh, playing chronological number ones throughout the Hot 100's entire 60-year history. So uh, really just a huge uh, celebration going on for the Hot 100's 60th anniversary. And of course, we left things off with a Stevie Wonder hit with Paul McCartney. We're going to give you a little bonus McCartney to send you out. Uh, our friend Gary, a big fan of one of his 2018 releases, so we're going to keep it current from one of the greatest of all time. I'm going to let my man Gary set it up since he is such a big fan. Yeah, no, I think it's a good good new music from Paul McCartney. New album coming out uh, in just a little bit, a few weeks, called Egypt Station. Uh, two songs have been released. Uh, I think they're both really good. Uh, it's a ballad, I Don't Know, which is good. It's not me not knowing the title of the song. It's called I Don't Know. He, tr- he, he tricked you up. You know, yeah. He set you up there. Yeah. And uh, the song that's becoming actually uh, an adult alternative radio songs hit, it's called Come On To Me. New Paul McCartney uh, wrapping up this week's Billboard Charity Podcast. I saw you flash a smile That seemed to me to say You wanted so much more than casual conversation I swear I caught a look Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.